This is Jess and Cody at the It's Her Time podcast. Hi, girls. It's so fun to be back. On today's episode, we had the awesome opportunity of interviewing our good friend, Amber, from Biceps After Babies. And in this episode, we dive into a lot about the diet culture that kind of women have been exposed to for too many years. And then we talk about the things that actually help us to achieve optimal health. It's an amazing episode, tons of great information. You're definitely going to want to take notes um, and We can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Yeah. And today on our Mixers Girls Say, to kick off this episode, we're going to talk about the craziest things women have done for a diet. Speaking of diet culture. Yeah. (laughs) And thankfully, then you'll follow into this episode with some good tools and um, yeah, things to apply for your better journey with your health. Five-Day Miracle Diet. There's a book and it was absolutely horrible. I haven't heard of that. Have you? (laughs) I haven't. There's so many out there. It's just crazy. I can't wait to hear what some of these are. Yeah. A lot of women, which I have heard of this. And I actually think I tried it in high school and I think I probably lasted one drink. Oh, I Um, know what you're going to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of women wrote the lemon Mm -hmm. maple syrup cayenne pepper cleanse. And I did try it. I have a feeling like this is something that you probably like the drink. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Cody's like, okay, sorry that I'm... No, Cody's no. really good at drinking things. I am. <laughs> and I'm a baby when I'm like, but it doesn't taste good. It actually does taste pretty good. It tastes like lemonade. Honestly, try it. But I, I don't... I have you make it for me then. I'll make it for you for sure. Um, and it's... The concept behind it is that it's just supposed to give your body all of the like support it needs to properly digest and then to be able to go and detoxify. I did try it too. I remember doing it in high school and I did it with my older sister and we made it for five days Mm. and we lost tons of weight, but we were also like the worst people in the world to ever be around. We were were terrible. We were so, so starving. Mm -hmm. We were totally depending on willpower. As soon as we made it to our fifth day, we were like, all right, you know, and it was like, and then you binge binge city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So I I, do not recommend it. I love that you just mentioned willpower because I know we talked in the episode with Amber about willpower and how a lot of times we just think that like, oh, if only I was if I had more dedication, mm-hmm. then I'm stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. When actually it's not that lady. So anyway, my mm-hmm. point is listen to the episode because it's really good. Um, someone says the cookie diet with Ooh. an eye roll. I don't know what that is, but I could do that. I diet. could do that one. Yeah. That sounds like actually, I feel like on day five of that one, I'd probably be a monster too. Yeah. <laughs> Just straight sugar crashes. That's true. Um, okay. Quite a few women have done the HCG diet. Does oh, that make sense to yes. you? Yes. I hate. Okay. I That was very big early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And um, HCG is a hormone that your body produces when it's pregnant. And it does help you know, you to lose fat, but it is a severely restrictive diet as far as the amount of calories you're allowed to take in. It was all the rage. And I had so many women that were coming to see me after they had tried this particular diet and their metabolisms were so screwed up. And not only that, but the, um, the things that they had to take along with this particular plan, um, really messed up also like their heart health and stuff like that. So we got to be careful. You got to be really careful about the things that you do because any extreme measure is not, ever going to give you a great long-term result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Amen to Good. that, Cody. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, someone says a salt water cleanse. Uh, 
I don't like the taste of salt water when I'm swimming <laughs> in the ocean. So if you just drink salt water, I'm guessing it lasted maybe as much as my um, lemon juice thing <laughs> lasted one drink. One drink. <laughs> um, and then a lady writes the three-day military diet on Pinterest. I dare you to look it up, but I promise you do not try it. The absolute worst. I haven't heard of that one. I haven't either. I wonder no, I'm what curious. it's like. I'll I look know. up the we're Pinterest gonna... <laughs> three-day military diet. I'm a little worried <laughs> that we're like putting too many ideas yeah, out there about I know. this. Wait, the point to us going <laughs> yeah. through these is the question box had, had been the craziest slash worst diets you've ever tried. Yeah, so these are all tempted. things to not try. Now, what you should listen to is this following episode to find food freedom and to find, you know, the right journey you want to be on with your health goals. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Let's dive into the episode. All right, ladies, today Cody and I are here with a fun guest. Her name is Amber, and the best part about this is many of you know her from social media, Biceps After Babies, but we're going to learn something right away. Amber, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> and this is why my name, this is why people will come up to me and be like, you're Biceps After Babies. It's because they cannot pronounce my last name. Uh, <laughs> my last name is Breeze Aki. Breeze Aki. So it's like wind, breeze. Uh, key. Do you know That's how many women right now are probably like, wow, uh, yes, so I many. know Amber as biceps, biceps after babies, but uh-huh. now I actually know her last name. <laughs> it's, it's true. I, I married into that name and I forevermore will have to pronounce it for everybody. Well, <laughs> it's okay. a good one. I'm it's happy. a good name. Yes, yes, it is a great name. Okay. Amber, before we pop into this episode, I would love for you to introduce yourself and help any listeners that maybe don't know you get to know you. Absolutely. So, uh, as you said, my brand is Biceps After Babies, um, and that was birthed all the way back in 2016 after I had had four actual babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I am a mom of four kids. My oldest now is um, 14, and my youngest is seven. And uh, I really started Biceps After Babies. Well, it was kind of a fluke. It was like I would had my own fitness journey. I was doing things, and I just was like, you know what, the world needs is another fitness account who like shares all their stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I decided I'm going to, I'm going to start this fitness account. I'm just going to share what's like working for me. It never was like a business opportunity. It was always just like, I'm just going to get on and kind of share what I'm learning and share what's working. And I had to think of a name because that's what Instagram forces <laughs> you to do. And so I remember I was sitting, scrolling in my phone, kind of thinking about like, what do I want my name to be? What do I want my name to be? And this name biceps after babies, just like hit me. Mm. And I was like, that's it. I want women to, after they have children to not be like, my best body is behind me. My best days are behind me. I can never get fit now because now I have kids. I wanted to really have at the forefront, this idea that no, like you can have biceps after babies. You can get strong after babies. You can lose weight after babies. You can do whatever it is you want to do after babies. It doesn't have to be always 
you know, it's all that, all those days are behind me. Mm. And so that's how biceps after babies got started. And very soon people started seeing what I was doing and started and like, she's got biceps after babies. My <laughs> word, she does. And, yeah. And they're like, can you help me do it? And I was like, sure, let's, let's do it. Sounds fun. And I mean that it turned into a business that I never imagined that I would ever have. And now I love what I do. I get a, I work with um, all women, um, most of them moms, but not all. And I have a team behind me. I have coaches that I'm, I train and I teach how to coach. And it, I mean, it's, it's what I love to do now, but that's, that's the story of biceps after babies. I love that. That is amazing. That's a really cool story. And I think that it's so fun for our listeners to kind of see how some of these things come about and how it's like just going after what you're passionate about and being willing to share and to be able to create a community and what it can lead to. It's so cool. I also have to bring up, I love that you have this like connection to your social media handle. Cause I feel like Cody, you have <laughs> yes. the same thing. I was like I immediately do. thinking about Cody because you have this like <laughs> reason for your Instagram handle. I'm just just tools in on I Instagram. I'm like, I should have just boring. done that. <laughs> no, well, you know, from like a business standpoint, I think most business people would tell you to sit, use your name. Like they actually think that's like a better business model than like biases or babies. Anyway, no, it's but- what I started with. I'm not changing it, but <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with having your name. I don't think you should yes. change it. And I'm saying it's a great thing because Cody's Instagram handle is soul happy and healthy. And I'm like, that's so Cody. That's like <laughs> her passion. She wants people's souls to be happy yes. and healthy. Well, yes. and Jess, people look at your name and they could pronounce it. People would look at my name and they'd be like, I'm not following her. I don't know what her last name is. <laughs> it's true. This is okay. True. Okay. That, that may be. And they may look at true. my name and they think I'm a boy. So yes. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so then they're like, there's this yeah. disconnect. Can I really trust this person? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we love that you have set off on this journey of like, and this passion of helping women to thrive in every phase of their life. That's what we're so passionate about too. That was honestly what happened to us over at Mixers was like, I'm young, Cody's young. Like, why do we have to give up on thriving in life in like this certain chapter of like whatever chapter it may be for certain women, whether, you know, but we just want women to be thriving in all phases of life. And like you mentioned, not get to a certain phase and be like, that was of the past. Mm -hmm. I'll never feel like that again. I just have to accept this new norm. Yep. Um, I do want to hear a bit about your personal health journey. And I know that you're an impeccable macro coach and that that's mm-hmm. like your, that is your world. Mm-hmm. And how did you get to the point where that was what you found, you know, freedom in and wh- how frustrated, how frustrated were you before and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a unique upbringing in that fitness has kind of always been a part of my family culture. Um, My mom taught group fitness when I was a little, 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 little. And so some of my earliest memories are going, like she would drop me off at the YMCA at the childcare. And I remember like looking through the glass at my mom, like teaching step aerobics. (laughs) Um, And so she did that all growing up is like, that was a very normal part of my, my childhood. Um, and then when I was 14, she took me to the weight room because you had to be 14 before Mm -hmm. you could go into the YMCA weight room. (laughs) So at 14, she took me and she like showed me the dumbbells and she showed me the machines and she like very much normalized weightlifting as a female, um, as, as something that like, that's just a normal thing that females do. And the older I got, the more I realized that that was not the messages that like (laughs) 
most of the females I was surrounding myself were getting that women like belonged in the weight room and that lifting weights was just a part of, of being healthy. And so I did have like a little bit of a unique upbringing in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I, when I talk about that, I, I feel a little bad because not everybody has that upbringing. But what I remind women of is that you can be that chain you can break the link, right? If you didn't have that growing up and you didn't have a parent or a mother who exemplified that, that's, you know, you can be that for your kids now. And so you can kind of change your family tree and be the one where it's like your kids see you lifting weights and, and taking care of your body and fueling yourself and, and all of those, those things. So, you know, that's a little bit of my, like my back history, but then as I got older and had babies and got married and went through all these things. I actually became a group fitness instructor myself because I saw my mom doing that. And it was something I could pair with, you know, being home with my kids. And I was going to go to the gym anyway. Might as well get paid <laughs> to go to the gym. So um, I did group fitness and I, and I loved that for a lot of reasons. But what I noticed was that year after year after year, I taught group fitness and I spent a lot of time in the gym. Like I was teaching five, six, seven classes a week. Mm-hmm. And I like, my body never changed. I was like, I look at myself and I'm like, it's the same today as I was three years ago. It's like, I'm putting in all of this effort in the gym, but nothing's actually ever changing. And I had this kind of like aha moment realizing that like, yes, I was doing a lot of working out, but nutrition was just kind of this enigma. It was just all over the map. And I didn't really have a, an idea of like how to really fuel my body for the results that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing to understand that there's a difference like how you fuel your body to build muscle is different than how you fuel your body to go run a marathon is different than how you fuel your body. Like for all of these things that you need to have nutrition to, to support whatever goals you want to reach. And so I had this epiphany, I had this realization and I'm a nurse. And so I have a lot of training and background on the medical and the sciences and stuff. And I remember I was scrolling through Pinterest one day and I saw this link and I clicked on it. And it was this woman talking about Back then it was like IIFYM is what everybody called it. Mm-hmm. If it fits your macros or flexible dieting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? What is, what is this thing? And I was like reading through it and I was like, huh. It's like scientifically they're like, this actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm following like the science, like my, my nursing hat is on. And I was like, this actually kind of makes a lot more sense to me than like, I don't know, Jenny Craig or like some of these other like diets that a lot of people follow. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to try it out. I'm going to test it out. And I started counting macros and I had set a goal that I wanted to get a six pack. It was just like a, I feel like I work out a lot of the gym. My body never changes. Let's see if we can do this, this crazy thing. And I was floored at the difference, the change in my body over an eight week period of time when the last three years, nothing had changed in my body. And when I really zeroed in on my nutrition, my body responded. It was like, it was just waiting for me to fuel it properly for the results that I wanted. And my body changed. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm eating ice cream and my body's finally changing and I'm not starving. I'm not, you know, eating 1200 calories. This is amazing. And so that's really when I started my Instagram account. I was like, I just want to share this. Like, do you guys know this? Do you know that you don't have to like cut out sugar completely, that you don't have to eat everything has to be like, you know, clean eating. I was just like floored. And I'm like, did you guys know this? I just want to share it with everybody. Um, and that's how biceps after babies really took off and got started. And, you know, now I really, my, my 
utilization of the tool of macro counting is very different. And um, I think as a coach, you just kind of grow up a little bit. Um, I came into it with like a blazing, like, this is how you do it. And this is how you get results. And I've kind of matured a little bit in my coaching and recognized that my job isn't really to tell people what to do, but to help them to discover it for themselves and help them to figure out what's going to work for you. Because guess what? What's going to work for you is not the exact same as what worked for me. So why am I sitting here telling you what to do? I'm going to help you discover it and help you to figure that out. So that's really, I, I really talk a lot about how macro counting can be turned into a diet very easily. Mm-hmm. And I see it all the time. And I often have to walk my clients back and be like, hey, you're bringing that dieter mindset, which you've learned through all the years of dieting, you're bringing it into this context. And like, we don't have to bring it into here. So how can we utilize this as a tool and understand nutrition without it feeling emotional and like you did something wrong and like you can't eat that food and and all of those things. I feel like Cody oh, so and I true. are over here like, amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. I love it. Um, I love the thing that I do love about macro counting is that it's more about counting nutrients than it is about counting calories. So right there in and of itself, I feel like helps give women a little bit more freedom, right? But you're so right. I like, I'm so happy that you brought up and that you've learned this and that you're sharing this message with your, um, your audience about how it can become another diet. And really what I think it should be about is how to actually create an undiet, how to get you out of that dieter mindset. Because when we get into that dieter mindset, and Jess can talk about this too, she shares her story often about how it was shifting from thinking about the calories in versus calories out, go big or go home, you know, that kind of mindset that actually opened up the door for her to be able to reach her um, fitness goals and her body composition goals. And I know it sounds like that's the same case for you too, Amber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it just is, I, I like to call it, uh, so in my program, I call it the difference between the dieter mindset and the macro scientist mindset. Beautiful. It's like when we can become a scientist in our own journey, it, it changes everything. And we don't have to feel guilty if mm-hmm. we go over our macros. And you're not a bad person mm-hmm. if you like ate too much and just really starting to neutralize food as a non-emotional mm-hmm. thing. I I have used macro counting as a tool for me to, um, I, I have loved it as a tool to actually mm-hmm. really learn like nutrient dense foods. Yes. And like yep. that was really powerful for me to sit down and be, have the knowledge to look at a meal and be like, I am going to feel awesome after I eat this. And this Mm -hmm. is why, and this is what's in it. It's great that I have potatoes on my plate. And this is why, that sort of knowledge was Mm -hmm. so freeing for me. And I'm not currently counting macros. I have used it as tools, as a tool in and out at certain times. Um, But it just it has a long lasting knowledge that comes mm-hmm. along with yes. it that I'm really, really grateful for. So I feel like it, if any women listening to this are like, ah, like food just terrifies me. And I actually am fearful of food because I don't know what to eat or when to eat it or what should I eat. And I really would recommend women to look into a great, good macro coach that is teaching the power of nutrition. And thank you, Amber, for saying not just teaching about dieting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, yeah. that is- Yeah, well, and I think it's important too. Like I don't track macros anymore either. Mm-hmm. This is something I talk about is like, 
I want you to use it as a tool. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you said, Jess, is like, it's a tool. You can use it for periods of time. You can use it to learn about food. But the ultimate goal is what I call informed eating. It's like where you're at, where you're like, I'm informed. Mm-hmm. I know on my plate, I have some carbs. I have some protein. I have some fat. Like it's, this is going to make me feel good and I'm going to eat it. That's, that's the goal. But for so many women, that goal is way unattainable without some baby steps to yep. be able to get there. And so if we can help some women take some baby steps to move from food is scary. This is a good food. This is a bad food to the place where they're like, can just eat more intuitively mm-hmm. or informed, mm-hmm. then that's, that's where I want to get women mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, that's the goal, I think, for everybody. We don't want to have all of our waking thoughts be about what it is that we've got on our plate. We want to be able to help women to be able to become intuitive eaters. But in order to get to that place, it doesn't just happen just because you wish it to. Mm -hmm. You really do need to build in some um, habit, you know, creating and help yourself understand and learn, you know, what certain portion sizes look like and what what are some really great options that are nutrient-dense foods that are going to really give your body what it needs. And and then I feel like when you see how your body then responds by the way that you change your body composition or the way that you're able to just live your everyday life, that that in itself is also just so motivating in order to continue going. So you're not then being motivated by fear, you're being motivated by success. Mm -hmm. And so I do find that it's such a great tool to then lead you to where the ultimate goal is, is to be a more informed, I like that word, Mm -hmm. or intuitive eater. I love Mm -hmm. this. This is so important, I think, for our listeners to really understand and to learn learn and to, and to hear about that there are so many women out there that are living this way and are so happy living at this. And it's just such an, I just feel like it's such a better way to live life. And, you know, we can, we can worry about the things that really matter, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just all of the Not things waking that are up and being, yeah, like, yeah, being stressed out about like what you're going to have for breakfast mm-hmm. or how many grams of this or how many grams of that you're getting. Yes. Mm-hmm. The yeah. next question is, what are some of the most consistent frustrations that women come to you with? Um, and what are some of the immediate tools you can help them implement for some listeners that we may have that could probably relate to some of those common frustrations? Mm-hmm. And then we love to help women walk away with a couple tools that they can quickly implement to hopefully start them on a better path. Yeah. I love that. So I think, I mean, this is kind of an umbrella Mm -hmm. (laughs) complaint, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, it's not working, right? Like that is the thing is like, it's whatever it is, is like, it's not working. That's kind of when people find me is, is when some, whatever they're doing, isn't working anymore or never worked in the first place, or they tried all the things and, and it's just not working. And I think what I, what I have realized as a coach and what I train all of my coaches in is recognizing that when people come to you and you guys, I mean, this, this is like speaking your guys' language. (laughs) It's like when people come to you with a problem, that's not actually the problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like there's something deeper. There's like, there's like the question behind the question. Mm -hmm. And so when people are asking you a question or saying, Hey, this is my problem. They think that's their problem. But when we as coaches or, or providers can get down to the actual root of the issue, then we can really start to actually make a change, right? We can actually long-term term fix this. And so one, one of the things that I like to just start to highlight for women that um, is, a, is a pattern, a thinking pattern that a lot of women fall into is this idea that, um, that they are the problem and that when something doesn't work, that it is somehow their fault. It is a moral failing. It means their body is broken. It means like they're not good enough. It means they're never going to be successful. And we, we as women, especially I feel like in our culture, we internalize a lot and we make it our fault. 
um, I had an experience recently that just kind of illuminates this. Uh, I wear contacts and I wear hard contacts because I have very, very poor eyesight. And um, just uh, just about a, a month or two ago, my eye, my right eye, like just started bugging me when my contacts were in. And um, I'm getting older. So I was like, oh, maybe my eyes are getting drier and it's but it's really bugging me. Like it's really <laughs> annoying. And I put drops in and it's not working and all of these things. And so I just went to the optometrist a couple of weeks ago and he um, looked in my eye and he was like, oh, whoa, your contact is like, it's sitting too tight to your eye. And it's like, it's not, I don't like how it's sitting at all. And I was telling him about some of the symptoms. He's like, well, yeah, that's exactly why. It's like, it's like stuck to your eyeball in a very uncomfortable way. And I went home and I was relating this to my husband and he looked at me like I had three eyeballs and he was like, He's like, if this had happened to me, I would have immediately blamed the contact. I would have immediately said, oh, well, the contact is something wrong with the contact. But my first inclination was like, oh, there's something wrong with my eye. And I think mm-hmm. that is often the difference is like, we automatically assume there's something wrong with me, mm-hmm. that I am the problem. I need more motivation. I need more willpower. Instead of looking at the system that we're in or the diet you're trying to follow and being like, no, girlfriend, like that diet, it doesn't work for you. It wasn't made for you. Nobody mm-hmm. wrote that up for you. They just said, this works for me. You should try it. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I should try this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so that I think when women can really start to understand if it's not working for you, it doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean you're the problem. Mm-hmm. It means that the way that you're going about it or whoever created that wasn't probably thinking about you when they created it. So let's figure out what's going to work. Don't you think something that's so common for women as well, and we've talked Mm -hmm. about this quite a few times on our podcast, is that for women, it can be so fun to get in a fitness routine with your friends or do a fitness challenge with your friends or even say, hey, let's cut out carbs with our friends and things like that. But I think that that can lead so many women to being so much more frustrated. And it's exactly what you said, where you could be side by side with your Mm -hmm. best friend and be just as committed as her. And she could lose or gain, like she could lose weight or gain muscle, whatever the plan is. And you could be like, I feel worse than before we even started Mm -hmm. this. And so we love to help women realize that like, your body is not a carbon copy of your best friends. It's not a carbon copy of even your sisters or your moms. And so like your health plan cannot be copy and paste to your best friends. And I still think there's really like, there's great motivation in doing things with a, with a tribe or like with Mm -hmm. a a challenge with people. But I think there's just ways to recognize like, yeah, you may really be an incredible long distance runner and your body feels incredible and you actually like you lean up and you feel great. I will run with you, but my body, it feels impeccable when I cap at five miles, whatever, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just think there's some freedom that can come along with women, not like allowing themselves to have a different plan than their friends or family and things like that too. Yes. And can I add another thing to that? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's so interesting. I love that you opened this conversation, Amber, because I think it's such a, something that doesn't get talked about when we're talking about fitness or like body composition goals and things like that. But basically what you girls are saying is, and it's so true, is that we are all bio-individuals. There's no one size fits all. And so it's important for us to look for what works for us. But the other thing that I wanted to kind of continue talking about um, with what Amber was saying is that mindset has such power over Mm -hmm. how things 
are actually going to turn out for us. Um, there was a study that I was just actually just reading about, and it was very interesting. And it was um, this the study had two test groups and they had milkshakes that they were giving to both groups. The milkshakes were the exact same milkshake, but they told one group that the milkshake was going to help them to lose fat. And they told the other group that this milkshake is full of fat and sugar, and it's going to make you gain lots of weight, but you're going to continue to have this milkshake every day. And even though it was the exact same milkshake, the group that was told it was going to help them to lose fat actually lost fat. So mindset is so much is huge. Everything. And we need to not forget about that aspect. It's not so much just what the food is on our plate or how much exercise, or how many reps we do or what type of exercise we're doing. We also need to control like that inner language. Like you're saying, instead of constantly like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not doing this? Why is this work not working for me? Those thoughts are mm-hmm. actually manifesting themselves physically. And so I just think that was, that's so fascinating, right? I and I think that, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and if there was ever a reason to improve your relationship with food, that's like a research study that supports that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. if you can really improve your relationship with food and you can get away from this idea that there's good food and bad food, and this is going to make me fat. And, oh my gosh, I can't eat that. Like, what we're saying is there's like scientific evidence that even just improving your relationship with food is actually going to improve your body composition. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just thinking this is going to be good for me. Mm -hmm. Just that alone actually tells that food and the nutrients that are in that food what to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. So when women come to you with these frustrations, and I, I know that that honestly, like it is a blanket statement, okay, for me to be like, so what are two or three things that you have them implement? But let's do say, like, what are a couple common things that you can help women um, implement that help them feel a bit better in their health journey? So I would say the first thing that I always do with clients is um, is to bring awareness. Um, we cannot change what we are not yet aware of. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many people want to come to me and they want to already like make changes. And I have to kind of slow them down and say, hey, wait, what y- you don't like where you're at right now. I hear mm-hmm. you. You do not like the results that you are currently getting. But when we can realize that the actions you've been taking in the past are producing the current results, you, we, there's value in figuring out those actions and, and, and um, getting data from the actions that you're currently taking. Because when we can figure out, okay, when you do this, it produces XYZ result that you don't like. How do we need to change the actions you're taking to get a new result? And mm-hmm. so one of the biggest things that I have clients do is I have them start with just familiarizing themselves of what they're doing currently. Um, And I like to have clients track for at least a week of just normal eating, not trying to hit anything, not trying to hit any macros, not caring about calories. Just It's just bringing awareness to what you've been doing in the past. And now Mm -hmm. once we have a baseline of, okay, here's what you've been doing. Now we can focus on tweaking, making the smallest adjustments to get you moving towards where you want to go. Because what most people do is they think that they need to overhaul and they want to make massive adjustments and massive sweeps because I want a massive transformation. And I'm all about like, how do we make the smallest adjustments to what you're already doing and start moving you in that mm-hmm. direction? And so if anybody's listening and they want like a really tangible thing to do, it would be to download a tracking app like my Fitness Pal, or mm-hmm. there's a ton of other ones and simply just start inputting your food and don't try to change it. Mm-hmm. Don't try to like do anything. This is just about awareness And one thing I like to point out to clients is just to start to notice how quickly your mind starts to judge what you put into a tracking app. So 
most of us are trained to where it's like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, I I'm to- I will totally log that salad. I will put that salad, mm-hmm. that bad boy into my fitness pal <laughs> and then they eat good. a cookie later and they're like, not going to put that into my fitness pal. <laughs> not like, right? So it's already this judgment that we have going on about what food is good and what food is bad. And it's really a practice of teaching and I help clients to learn, like, no, start to notice that judgment when mm-hmm. you go to judgment, when you start to log. But just getting that in is you are on such a better journey of just, what am I eating? Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's mm-hmm. not bad. It's not healthy. It's not unhealthy. It's just like, this is what I'm eating. This is what I'm doing. And then from there, we can start to make changes. I love that. I learned really quickly. And I mean, this could be without counting macros or with counting macros, even just taking notes, not even putting it in my face pal. I learned really quickly by being more aware. I love that you brought that up, that I was of, and I... I'm sure many women listening to this, I don't want to make an assumption, but I can guess have related to this. I was absolutely in the, uh, I don't know, the cycle of under eating all week long and binging all weekend. And so it was weekends. I wouldn't want to write down anything Mm -hmm. I ate because everything I ate was like so much. And so like, just kind of, it was like this whole guilt thing around the weekends. And I would just like, plummet. And then like, I'd be like, Monday, I'm going to eat nothing. And I'm going to (laughs) write carrot sticks and eggs. And, you know, so I think that that's something great to be aware of as well. And then Amber, share with us, um, what do you ever have clients that you recognize have hormone health issues and what do you do? Um, you know, maybe you've had some clients that are really struggling with some fat loss or with weight loss or building muscle. Have you ever helped some, a woman recognize that they probably are actually struggling with hormone health. So I'm going to take a book from, uh, I interviewed Cody on my podcast and I loved one of the things that she talked about in that she talked about building a team around you. And, um, you know, each of those team members are going to have their own like areas of expertise and they're going to, you are at the center of the spoke and then you have your team members around you. And I feel like me as a coach, I'm one of those spokes, but I recognize that I am not the only spoke. Mm -hmm. And so are there people that struggle with hormone stuff? Absolutely. Am I the person that needs to like help them with that? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, it, I think it is about helping women. And, and one of the things we talk a lot about in the, in our programs are, having women start to trust themselves and to look inward for answers instead of outward. Mm-hmm. It's another thing I see with women a lot is we've been trained to look outside of ourselves for answers. We look to other people. Am I doing this right? What do you think about this? And we're always going external for answers. And we really try to help women start to turn inward and, and go inside for answers. Um, and so when you can do that and you can build up a team around you of people and trust your own intuition, um, that's going to be a really powerful place to work with. So are there women, to answer your question, are there women who struggle with hormones and need help and assistance? Yes. And so I encourage them to add another spoke to the wheel Mm -hmm. with someone who is trained to help you with that. In addition to like what I'm doing with you and the work Mm -hmm. we're doing together, because I don't, there's not one thing that's going to make everything better for you. Right. Like, we're all different. And so I think the more pieces you can get in play, that's going to support your journey and your health and what you want to achieve, mm-hmm. the better. When I like that, you don't want your clients to just like sit and spin. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, I no. can help you with the nutrition side. And I'm absolutely capable of helping you with your fitness routines and things like that. But you don't want clients to sit and spin. So you're like, I don't know if you are having a thyroid issue. I don't know if you have low progesterone or, you know, <laughs> things like that. So 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can even, like, I think it's so great because you and I could work together as a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, when just going back to like journaling what somebody just eats, you know, just the, that first week that they're working with you um, and doing so in a way that's non judgmental, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we can actually learn about what is going on hormonally with what they are craving and what they're eating and actually putting mm-hmm. in their body. If they're actually being honest and just recording, yeah. I know that so many clients I've worked with in the past just want to look like they're doing everything right. Yes. And it doesn't help us to get <laughs> anywhere. It makes the whole process so much longer. It doesn't help you. Yeah, this it is doesn't harder help for them. you it and harder help for anybody. me. Yes. And so if we can look look at that, it's like, we can see that there's, you know, some dysregulation maybe with their cortisol and maybe that's why they're craving more sugar or there's something going on, you know, whatever. And so there's like, that's where there's these different experts or these different spokes to the wheel, like you're saying that can kind of help. But I will just say, if you are dealing with any type of, um, weight issue, for instance, it is always hormonal. There's always something hormonally going on that's imbalanced. Yeah. There was a quote that I heard once that was like, um, the most important time to pray is when you don't feel like praying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about that, uh, in the terms of like tracking your food, I feel like the most important time to track your food is when you don't want to track that food. Like you ate that thing and you don't want to track it. That is the most important time to do it because it is, it provides the most information mm-hmm. and the most data and the most like things that you and I as professionals can work with to be able to, to work towards We have you cannot change what you are not aware of. And so if you're ignoring it and you're not tracking it, we cannot change those things. So well, you it, can't it help someone you. get to the point where they feel full freedom if they're yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What is your favorite part of working with women and the moment that you recognize they get it? Like when it oh, clicks so and they it. find that freedom in their health journey, like what as a coach, does that make you feel and yeah, just a celebration I mean, of your hard work and dedication to your clients as well. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's what you want as a coach. And I think the thing that I've been very um, clear, and I think this comes again with like maturity of coaching is I really have gone to this place where when somebody is successful, that it's not about me. Um, I provide the container, I f- provide the facilitation, but at the end of the day, it is always them. Like they're the one who did the work. They're mm-hmm. the one who showed up. They're the one who like got that success. And I'm happy I get to be a part of that. But I also realize it's not about me. It's, it's about that person. Um, but I, I think, I think some of the things that I, I most love is when women come to me and they think, uh, something is impossible and then they prove themselves wrong. Mm-hmm. So I have this one client who comes to mind and she came to me and she was like, my friends like have candy in their house. And like this one friend has a candy jar on her kitchen counter. <laughs> and I, I don't know how she does that. Like I could never do that. If I did it, I would eat all of the candy. She's like, I just can't, I just don't have candy in my house. Um, and she's like, I don't think I could ever get to that point. And I remember we worked together and, uh, six months later, she came back, uh, to a call. She was like, guess what? I have candy. It's sitting right here on my kitchen counter and it's not a big deal. And I don't eat it all. And sometimes I have a piece and sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. And it was this, this moment that I was able to reflect on like six months previously, she was so sure that was, that was just not her. That was not her personality. She couldn't do it. It wasn't possible. And to then six months later, see, have her like prove herself wrong. I mean, to me, that's just like, it's just everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because now the thing I love about working with women 
is that when you change a woman, you change a whole sphere of influence. So true. You change kids, you change spouses, you change who her friends, you change. I mean, it's just, I feel like as women, we just have these spheres of influence that are so incredibly powerful. And so when you change a woman, you change a family tree, you change a family. And that to me is the most exciting thing is like, yeah, we like, this just keeps continuing. If we can have more women who are confident and feel good about themselves and are healthy and, and, you know, just happy in life, they're going to have kids who are going to have the same experience in life and then their kids and their kids. I mean, that's, that's what's amazing. So uh, I love that's that. what I love. I love that. And I love that you're helping women find that freedom. And that's honestly, that's what we're so passionate over here behind mixers as well is just, if we can help one woman recognize that she does not have to struggle with her menstrual cycles and should not accept this, yep. then we help her daughters. We help her so sisters. Like there's just so much, it's, it's knowledge is power. And mm-hmm, so we feel so the same way. Like if we can help a handful of women, it just feeds down. It has a trickle down effect. And yes. we love that too. Amber, yeah. this has been so fun. It's been such a great conversation. And I'm so awesome. proud of, to know you and for all the things that you're sharing. And I just say, keep making that ripple effect because it's mm-hmm. really, really spreading wide. And I, I'm so happy that you're able to share all of your knowledge with our audience today. Yeah, I feel the same. Tell tell women where to find you. Um, so probably the best place to to find me and get to know me is my podcast, Biceps After Babies Radio. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram at Biceps After Babies. You don't even have to remember how to spell my last name. You just have to find (laughs) But now we know how to say it. We taught everyone. Now you know how to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks thanks for for joining us. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.